Hey NAI football fans, Corey Thorpe here with another edition of the NAIF Ball Podcast, powered by AdCraft USA, your custom apparel, merch, and uniform experts. Our friends at AdCraft have been with us for many years now. They've run web stores for us multiple times. These guys are NAI fans and family who are experts in the apparel and merchandise world. AdCraft allows you to take the hassle out of ordering. Let their knowledgeable design and customer service staff handle everything from hosting the store online, shipping the product, and helping your customers so you can get back to the game. Find them online at adcraftusa.com. All right, NAI football fans, we are back for another edition of the NAI Ball Podcast. We say it every every week. You, you heard the ad read, AdCraft and Temple Sporting Goods. They're the, they're the best. They rock. They are the ones that, uh, that keep us rolling over here, and we're really, really thankful. And tonight, we are going to roll into the other side of the Mid-States Midwest. Now, John, putting together the stats for this, last week I talked about how the Mideast has this gauntlet of four teams, uh, and, and, and maybe five if, if Lawrence Tech really turns it on this year, which they may, may be able to. But... Really and truly, the Midwest from top to bottom is has the most parity in the NAI. You'll you'll see in here the worst team in this league or in this division has a negative point eight net yards per play. The best team in this division is doesn't even make it to one point five positive net yards per play. So you're looking at a worst to first of about two yards per play difference between the seller and the penthouse. Well, not only that, Corey, I, th- I think just, just identifying the teams and the team recognition with St. Francis having a, not Indiana, but St. Francis, Illinois, the Fighting Saints, having you know a, a solid year last year, just finishing outside oh, yeah. the playoffs. I think for you know just some brand recognition for this side of the conference, is also picking up as well, not only in the statistics, but you know, people are going to be weary that this is probably a three-headed, maybe four-headed monster side of the mid-states. It could. It, maybe we might not be talking about just the mid-states, mid-east, which we will. Obviously, oh, yeah. it'll, it's going to dominate a lot of discussion because there's great programs over there. But it seems like the Midwest is inching closer and closer. They really are, and, and I don't know if. St. Francis of Illinois has ever been more highly ranked than St. Francis of Indiana. You'd have to go back and look in the record books, but I don't know that there would have been a point that that would have happened. Yeah, it's just crazy to think how much better of a year they had than their Mideast counterpart. Which is is extremely, extremely rare. But at the bottom, we're going to start with St. Ambrose, the Bees. Yeah, so we got uh, a promotion, Corey. Defensive coordinator Vince Phillip is now the head coach of the Bees. You know, when we talk about Kansas Wesleyan, you know, Phillip should be mm-hmm. mentioned with that because he was a big part of their turnaround over there as, you know, the recruiting coordinator as yeah. well, uh, bringing in talent. So you, with a program like St. Ambrose, I, I think he has a really good shot to, to bring in that talent that other mid-state teams have seen and start funneling it his way. 
Now, they were actually competitive win-loss record. It wasn't like they were just bottom of the barrel. Right. That's what we're talking about. Everybody in this league was semi-competitive, um, you know, for his first year. I'm just wondering if he can get a winning record and get that momentum going. Corey, I know you got the notes up there. He's got more losses than returners coming back as far as personnel-wise, if you want to go over that. But it's, it's, not, it's not too awful. You, you, you're bringing back Drew Ackman at defensive line and Alex Noble at long snapper, you, and, and you're losing Jet Schmidt on the offensive line, Bernard Buhake at defensive line, Brody Mason at linebacker, and Tom Gillen at the kicker spot. You do need to replace some wide receivers. You, you had a very senior-heavy wide receiver core, but you do return your quarterback, uh, quarterbacks. They had a couple that that took meaningful snaps. Um, some of your wide receivers, most of, or some of your running backs, and most of your defense. So there's still a lot left here uh, for uh, St. Ambrose. Yeah, and you know they start off the season with probably the second, the third best team in the North Star coming in with Waldorf. Ooh, that'll so be fun. That that's going to be a great out of conference matchup. And then after that, they really got to get going because they got the Concordia Cardinals week two. Ooh, that'll, that's, that's, I'm not saying anything bad about Waldorf, but I mean, you, you can't overlook Waldorf to get to Concordia or Waldorf's going to beat your butt. Absolutely not. Uh, we're, like I said, we're looking forward to see what Phillips mm-hmm. bring into St. Ambrose in the first year. Um, you know, NAI is one of those rare places where, you know, major college football first year head coaches have a lot of growing pains. Whereas the NAI, a lot of these first-year head coaches can hit the ground running and have success right away. Yeah, absolutely. So we go from the Bees to Trinity International. Leave the Trojans over there, three and eight a year ago, one and six in conference. Uh, whereas, you know, we, we saw uh, St. Ambrose being eighth in offensive yards per play and fifth in defensive yards per play. Trinity International flips that around their fifth offensively and eighth defensively, which, to be honest, is not that bad because eighth is still less than six yards per play given up. Yeah, so another interesting thing about Trinity International is last year, Corey, I know we all see the three and eight record, but the first two games were forfeitures, and I think they had COVID issues. Right. The so that was that was a hard obstacle to overcome. Right. Um, you know, they also have an out conference game to start the season with Hastings out in Nebraska. That'd be a good one. Uh, is it Hastings where Tom Osborne's from? Yes. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yep. Um, you know, so they have an opportunity to, you know, I don't want to say Hastings is bottom of the barrel of the G Pack, but they they're are. on the yeah they're in the lower half they there. Are. Um, so they have a chance to really get momentum going for 2022. About to say, oh, they are next to the bottom of the barrel, there next to go. next to Mount Marty, who is who is a first year kind, first year squad. Um, but but yeah, Hastings has a lot of history about them and needs to needs to put it together. They, there, they, Trinity International. The big question for me is, can their defense get going? Can they stop anybody? Anytime you're allowing 400 plus yards a game, Corey. It's not a good omen. We'd say that, you know, defense wins championships. 
I mean, we could take it a step below that. Defense brings winning records. Right. Let's focus there first. If you can't solve your defensive problems, you know, it, it's it's hard to get wins on the board. So that's that's what we're most looking forward to seeing the Trojans this year. Can they get the defense going? Right. They do return Kamon Reese there, who hit triple digits in, in tackles with eight tackles for loss and a forced fumble and a, and a pick. And they do return a lot of a lot of that defense that just needs to take a step or two forward to get kind of out of that that bottom third of, of the conference. One thing that is going to impact them is that they're losing their quarterbacks. Yeah, so, you know, but with a 3-8 and eight team, you know, sometimes losing personnel and finding the new guys coming up That's true. might be a blessing in disguise. It absolutely could be, and we'll have to see who they can uh, have to, to start there because they do return some of their wide receivers. That's going to be uh, – that, that's a good thing for any new quarterback is to have some familiarity with your wide receiver core. Next up on the list is, you know, you know, we talked about, or I talked about, the folks over at Madonna last year. Well, they came as a, as, as a pair with Judson, and, and Judson has definitely had, boy, they've had some issues from day one. But I tell you, John, last year they put up some really – Good performances, four and seven, uh, all overall three and four in conference, and they were a tough, hard-nosed team with a decent defense there at 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 seventh with five point six eight yards given up per play, and a decent offense with four point nine eight. You know, I, I, like I said. Judson's in the same boat as Trinity International. Can the defense get going? Yeah. But I will say, Corey, just watching the highlights and stuff of their Roosevelt game from last season, mm-hmm. you know, Roosevelt had a great year two years ago. Obviously, they struggled last year. But it showed that the Eagles, Judson, had some potential going. Absolutely. And so that's, to me, that's that's the big thing here is that Judson is only in their, what, second year? Yeah, they're still really new. They're still really new. And for you to have almost a 500 record in that second year in, you're playing some of the toughest football in the nation, that speaks volumes as to what they've been able to do after they lost their first head coach without even coaching a football game. Right, absolutely. So They had insane obstacles to overcome. And to do what they've done, very, very impressed with Judson so far. Well, we talked a few weeks ago, John, about the Well, sh- hold, hold on about Judson because I want to yeah. give our friend Joey a shout-out at Midwest Sports. Heck yeah. Uh, if you scroll up back at Judson, um, you know, they actually noted some of his analysis with Avante Vickers who, you know, was a NCCAA uh, All-American and then was an NAI all Honorable Mention All-American. Uh, but, you know, our friend Joey has him as a top-five receiver returning in the NAI. I mean, with, with the production that he put up last year with 1,103 yards, yeah, there's not many wide receivers in this division that are putting up 1,000-plus yard seasons. Yeah, so I just had to shout out our friend Joey McWilliams at MidwestSports.net. Fantastic job he does. Great analysis there. So a couple weeks ago, John, we talked about the short timers in the heart of America being Evangel moving to the KCAC. Well, this year we talk about their replacements for the heart, the short timers now in the 
SFA, and that's going to be Missouri Baptist. Can we just say first, before we start about talking about football for these guys, that their social media team is on, on top of everything. There. On daggum point. And um, that's what you need to succeed. Yes. I mean, dude, if you get a social media team to get brand recognition for your team, mm-hmm. absolutely huge. And I'm not talking about coaches just saying, hey, recruits, you know, drop that right. film. Uh, you're talking about, this is what we look like. This is our facilities. Right. This is what's going on. And Missouri Baptist kills it with that. Did you know that uh, current... Uh, communic- uh, home office communications man Brad Sigan used to call the games over at MoBab. I heard he's back on staff there. Is he? Yeah, he's not in the NAI home office. He's back well, at MoBab. Hot dog. Yeah. Absolutely. Did not mean to shake your world out there. That's probably why he uh, never got back to me about <laughs> yeah, uh, scheduling he, the NAI He had a different job. There you go. <laughs> well, he could have uh, so let's talk about said is that first game. They have Lion out of Arkansas. I love that these mid-state teams are finding oh, me too. opportunities for out-of-conference games. And, you know, Lion's been semi-competitive over there in the Sooner Athletic. Um, you know, let me look. Is it a home game? It is actually they are going to Batesville. Arkansas. They're going to go to Arkansas. You know, which isn't nice. too crazy. Arkansas and Missouri border yeah. each other. They've got so that little that, border it war makes, there. It makes sense. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward to that game. A little bit of a border war. That There's is going to be fun. You know, Lions going Division three, so that kind of kills. Maybe they could make a border war game Ooh. if Lion was to stay in the NAI. But, anyways, let's talk about that kicker that's returning. Odane Reed, day to 14, with a 53-yarder as his long Really, for MoBap, you do have to replace Ronald Allen at, at running back, almost 800 yards, and Jalen Cowley in your defensive secondary with 79 tackles out there. You do have some stuff coming back with a quarterback, about half your running back production, most of your wide receiver production, about half your, half your D. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how they do. I, I kind of wonder to see, you know, their head coach coached the um, the east side of the NAI Senior Bowl. And being around some of those other coaches definitely helps in game settings, I think. Maybe kind of right. give you some, some ideas on how you might be able to do stuff differently in your own program and be able to learn and get better. So let's see if that is the case there for MOBAP. And thank them for beautiful picture of the stadium. That's a really nice stadium. That's a big old press box. Yeah, it's very nice. Like I said, they're on top of it off the field for sure. Man, Roosevelt. I mean, what can we say about Roosevelt? One of our two teams in Chicago, they absorbed, who was it? Uh, Robert Morris. Robert Morris, yes, absorbed them to become the mega university, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the difference between Roosevelt from 2020 to COVID spring season which let me say, I we watched. I think we weren't together, but we watched it mm-hmm. separately. The St. Francis Roosevelt game, that COVID spring season, mm-hmm. I believe in Chicago, in and snow. it was like free. Like I was cold watching it here in sunny Florida. Right. Um, so let me also say another thing. I just told you about. They're known as the Laker Terriers. And well, they're the, they're the Lakers, but they do take yeah. their their name from President Roosevelt and. Uh, they they really should use that that terrier yeah, absolutely. logo. Absolutely. That terrier logo we'll have to post it on the the, the Twitter here coming up. 
But the big difference between them that spring season and then the 2021 season was their defense took a big step back, I thought. Um, the offense was still great. Uh, they were able to be physical on the offensive line to rush the ball. Um, we see that KV on Johnson's returning. Can he get a 1,000-yard season? We know they love to run the ball between the tackles. They got some offensive linemen returning. Uh, you know, it would be interesting. We'll have to see. I think last year a uh, some of the teams caught on to what they were trying to do running the ball. Because then that, in that spring season, uh, Kevon Johnson was just ripping off like two, three, I want to say even almost a 400-yard game on on the ground. The, the man was just uh, absolutely carrying the team. And I think maybe they got adjusted for offensively. We'll have to see how Blaze Griffin will can step up there. Five, uh, five touchdowns a year ago on 641 yards of receiving. And they play Mayville State to enter the season again, mm -hmm. which they opened up with last year. Um, and Mayville State actually gave them a game. You wouldn't have thought so. So another North Star versus Mid-State Midwest out-of-conference matchup. Love seeing it. Yeah, absolutely. That is I, – I, I love these out-of-conference games. I, I can't get enough of them. We could talk about it all day. We really could. And so I know they're a pain to schedule. Yeah. They really are, but, but you man. Would, but it makes sense. They're we, so nice. We've always thought of the North Star being a little isolated there in the Dakotas. Mm -hmm. But it would make sense for the mid-state Midwest. They are the closest geographically. Right. So we always think in the Mideast, but we don't really think in the Midwest teams geographically that way. They do bring back a lot on defense, whether it be Deontay Moorhead, Xavier Barnes, Cortez Drapier, Julian Bell, Miles Davis. That's a lot of all-conference selections. That's a lot of all-conference selections, especially on that defense. The only one you really lose that was an all-conference selection is your tight end. I would say Roosevelt's a sexy pick. You know, maybe the pick as Midwest champs. They'll definitely improve. That, that's something to consider. But I know we got two more teams left. We got three more. Three teams. more teams. Excuse we got me. Three more teams. Three more teams. And this is why we talk about this division as being so good and and being able to really have a a, a game at the end of the season like we did last year with St. Francis and St. Xavier. That is for all the marbles. You know because the. It, the differences between these teams are are so minimal top to bottom. You know, St. Xavier up next has traditionally been your power, and I'm not going to say that they have lost ground. Others have done a good job of catching up and, and getting to their level. Yeah, I agree with that because St. Xavier has been like the uh, role model in this mm -hmm. division for the most part as far as having a national championship under their belt, consistently going to the playoffs. Um, you know, I think it really helps, like Roosevelt, they're in the Chicago area right there. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, like I said, I think that really helps. People don't think of college football with Chicago because it's a pro city. Right. But, uh, you know, it's paying dividends for St. Xavier and Roosevelt. It, it really is. St. Xavier did not have the greatest offense, was middle of the pack in the, the division with five and a half yards, but their defense was their calling card last year. And let's just talk about them returning their starting quarterback, Stuart Ross. Absolutely. Who threw for 1,962 yards, 66 completion percentage. You know, the most important position you can have returning is your quarterback. That tells you at every level, if you're NFL, if, you're, if you have a – Efficient quarterback returning, you're probably going to be pretty good. Look at the Bucks. How happy are they Tom Brady are coming Oh, back? man. Even though you can say he's not top five right now, 
but he's going to help them win. You know what I'm saying? He certainly they, ain't bottom he's five. He's the GOAT. You know what I'm saying? Look at college football. How happy are Alabama fans happy that Bryce Young's returning? Not saying, you know, that some of the NAI guys are at that level, but as far as being effective and executing at what they have to do, it is so important when a team from the past season that had an efficient record and looked really good brings their quarterback back. And not only are they bringing back their quarterback, they're bringing back their starting running back, their three top wide receivers, and, a, and an all-conference offensive lineman to boot. Yeah, so I know I said Roosevelt looked like a sexy pick, but St. Xavier is the consistent pick. Absolutely. Defensively, you're bringing back two all-conference defensive linemen and Jaleel Holloway and Peyton Campbell. You're bringing back two all-conference uh, linebackers and Joey Markasovich and Peyton Nigro. And you're bringing back an all-conference defensive back in Ron Carroll, as well as, of course, an all-conference kicker. Now, the kicker there is you do lose two first-team all-Midwest offensive linemen, and so you are going to have to replace those. Yeah, but, you know, when you have more returning than you are losing, you're still in a good – and your best position's coming back. That's, you're, 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 you're tuned for success. Well, let's keep going here because, man – it gets better. Let's talk about the St. Francis Fighting Saints score. Six and three last year. Came out of nowhere, if you think about it. Yeah. Um, we mentioned two years ago how huge they looked on mm -hmm. film. And they are a huge team, offense and defensive line. And like I said, if you got huge guys in NAI, you're probably able to move the ball a little bit. Um, their first game is September 10th against St. Francis. Oh, man, the St. Francis on yeah, St. Francis. Francis. I think St. Francis that is going to win that game. That needs to be a trophy. Yeah, it needs to be a trophy. Absolutely. And you talk about quarterbacks returning. They're returning their now sophomore Midwest Offensive Player of the Year starting quarterback, dual threat Sam Tumulty. Yeah, and he gets it done on the ground, which makes him a threat through the air because teams are so climbed up. Because St. Francis, like we said, they're huge. They like to run the ball already. So he gets it done on the ground. Dual threat guy. He's exciting to watch. And you're talking about a team that is not just all offense. They are first in the Midwest defensively with 4.57 yards per play given up. This is a team that is... Man, they put in... We've been watching this team for four years now, and, and we've been sitting here privately going, uh, we need to watch out for this team. And now, now they're coming up. Now they're coming up. It's finally starting to really do it. Uh, Sam Tumulty's brother, Scott Tumulty, is returning as a, as a kicker turner. It's a family returner. affair. It is a family affair. And, and uh, defensive back there, they returned Ryan King on the defensive line along with Mike Johnson. Defensive back Angel Mata is coming back. You do lose Rayvon Johnson there at your wide receiver position and Chris Johnson at your linebacker position, but man. We'll know how good St. Francis is yeah. the first two weeks with St. Francis. Corey, you know who they have next week? Marion. Oh, jeez. That is. Now, I will say this they held Marion. They made Marion really nervous last yeah, year. Yeah, they did. Uh, we had, we had uh, Roger. Uh, Roger was texting me that first half of the game. Going, super fan, Roger. Who the Marian crap are these fan. people? Yeah. You know, I, he thought he thought uh, that that Sam and Scott were were the same person. Was like going, how is he back there at safety and a quarterback? Well, you know, they're, yeah. They're for the players. first three quarters, St. Francis gave him a little run, and then 
it all fell apart. Marion, who is the team they are, I, I consider Marion kind of like a, a Burmese python. Yeah. Because they the constrict, and then fourth quarter, they take over. Right, and that was their M.O. last year, definitely. But we'll see, can St. Francis finish the job this year and get it done against Marion? It's going to be hard. they got to go to Indianapolis this year. That's going to be really, really tough. And also, you've got to play a St. Francis team before that who this year's to get back to where they're, they're going to be Madden Hornets. Who, who's made some coaching changes, so assistant coaching changes, that is, not legendary coach change. Yeah. Let me clear that up. Yeah, absolutely. Number one, we got Olivet Nazarene, seven and three record. They're really good two years ago. Yeah. Took a little step back, but they were still right there. Corey, I think their offense is absolutely wonderful. It's explosive. Two mm-hmm. years running now. Can the defense creep back up to where that's it needs gonna to be? that's gonna be the thing? Really, that's gonna be the thing. Olivet Nazarene was fourth. Middle of the conference in defense last year. It was that offense that just was a cut above the rest in the Midwest that really gives them that huge for the Midwest comparatively net yards per play of 1.28. And they return an absolute ton of weapons. Absolutely. So I think the big thing about all of it is, you know, they would have made the playoffs maybe on the outside, but they had a, uh, you know, uh, uh, surprise loss. St. Yeah. Ambrose beat them last year. And that's why we're talking about this conference is competitive where you, or this division is where you better bring it every week. Let's, let's, put it, let's put that in absolute perspective. That is the worst team in terms of net yards per play beating the best team yeah. in terms of net yards per play. This is what we're talking about with the Midwest, where if you put in the work in recruiting and, and your guys really buy into what you're doing as a coaching staff, you could go worst to first very easily in the span of two or three years. Returning, they've got Ajay Grayson, Jalen Dunnigan, Brian Jenkins there at uh, with you know one running back, two wide receivers there, three all-conference offensive Linemen. This is huge for a team that was already explosive. And they have an all-conference selection at every level of their defense. That's returning. The only one you're really losing. And only they, two that you're really they're losing. They're losing probably the best player at the NAI last year. Jason though. Freeman. He is now at South Dakota. Or South Dakota State. That, yeah, he's a, he's a jack. Yeah. Scotty Graziano could go up and make a great play on the outside as well. So you'll definitely miss his acrobatics right. on the outside. But Jason Freeman really anchoring your defense was a man among boys at this level. Yeah, and that's why he's at the FCS now. I, I want to say he was a freshman. I, I think he's going to be an NFL linebacker when it's all said and done. He's got and the it's size cool for it. cool to say that uh, he started in the NAI level. And, and hopefully he uh, doesn't forget where he came from and uh, – <laughs> yeah, I hope not. He actually loves those guys at all of it. So I know, I know they're happy. Absolutely. So you do return the your quarterbacks. They had to split time on quarterbacks Which last year. They're so explosive on offense. You know, like you said, just like with uh, St. Xavier, if you're returning the most important position, that's just absolutely huge. You're returning the support around him. Yeah. Just humongous. 
And so, yeah, you return all of that, three all-conference offensive linemen, a, a majority of your defense. And, John, I, I, I'm at a loss almost for, for who to pick you, between Olivet, St. Xavier, St. Francis, Roosevelt, all returning just Buku starters, Buku all-conference selections. It is really hard to say who's going to come away with this division. You you go first. I've gone first the last few times. All right. So I'm going to start with my dark horse. Okay. Along with Roosevelt. Okay. Um, Can you my, really call them a dark horse? I mean, they, yeah. they, they were almost in the Dagon playoffs. Uh, they're my dark horse. No, Roosevelt wasn't. They they were like they were they were, they were right there, four, right? Well, two years ago in that two spring ago, season, yeah, they were almost in, in the playoffs. So, well, they're my dark horse for the championship. I'll take it. And then, you know, my heart's tugging at Saint Xavier, but my head's telling me Saint Francis. That's you. You can't go wrong with your all with your with your winning selection there. No. I mean, you you know, you can't go wrong by choosing the wrong person. But I mean, there is there's no wrong choice in the top four. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna say that I think Judson is gonna be over 500. They're gonna be my dark horse. They're gonna overperform. I think that they're gonna take a step forward in their third season, and I and I really think that they're gonna do well. I like what they're doing over there. Uh, so I'll take them for my dark horse. Who's your champ? My champ. You know, I'm I'm kind of like you. My 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 heart says all of that. Yeah. Um. But man, there's something about ha- having the a returning offensive player of the year. Come to the dark side. St. Francis has so much upside. Absolutely. That that I I, I, I think, think they could potentially make a run in the playoffs. They they could. They I, if hey, they get there. Give, give like the, you said, we'll find out first two weeks. Give me the yellow and brown. Yeah. And and so they they can't say they can't say we we're we're sleeping yeah, on them anymore. No, not at all. So we'll get a new crew of that guys. Absolutely. Well, hey, look down in the comments and tell us who you think we're sleeping on because let me tell you, they ain't no one to be sleeping on in this division. No, absolutely not. So next next week we're gonna go up north here for the North Star. Hopefully we'll we'll, we'll see because. We'll see how schedules align and see if we can get get back to do. We might do an off week and then a double episode. We'll have to see. Okay. So um, for 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 John Cooper, I am Corey Thorpe, and we will see y'all next week or sometime very soon. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the NAIF Ball Podcast presented by AdCraft USA. Be sure to contact them for all your custom apparel, merch, and uniform needs. Thanks also to Mommy Bay Turf and Turf Nation, as well as Leading Edge Fundraising for their support of the podcast. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to the podcast as well as to our YouTube channel. Leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. As always, if you'd like to support what we do, head over to patreon.com slash n-a-i-a-f-b-a-l-l and become a patron. We can't do what we do without our sponsors and listeners like you.